Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mears. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Primetime edition. That's got to be really off-putting if the audio isn't good. It's Sunday, February 27, 2022. It's episode 338 of the Anik and Florian podcast. I'm excited. It's 6.53 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ken Flo, you were taking a class this afternoon somewhere on the East Coast. Is that right? Your wife, Clark, yeah. was uh, texting me. No, I mean, how did <laughs> – what, what, what are we learning about? Bitcoin class? What are we learning about? Oh, man. No, a little weapons, little weapons class, you know, having some fun, learning some new stuff. So, it's not uh, fun. Yeah. No, this guy's yeah. trying to turn himself into more of a weapon than he already is. If you <laughs> – Subliminal reading into his social media language. I mean, oh, was preparing for like an apocalypse. Kids probably <laughs> all have passports already. TSA pre-check, right? They're all clear. I do think we're at a time where it probably makes sense, you know, to get passports for the children. You just never know. Might have you never know. Out. That's the thing. Yeah. You never know. It's, things are crazy. Listen, over the last three years, we know that anything and anything, anything and everything can happen. But I'm not, you know, I'm not freaking out. I'm just, I'm just trying to learn some fun stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you. It's a pay-per-view week. It is a huge fight. Uh, where are Big you going to be for Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal this week? I, I will be home. I'll be back home and ready to watch. So I'll, I'll be back uh, from the PFL on Saturday morning. So. And your son is uh, sleeping through the night. I mean, at this point. He is, week, finally. So, yeah. Yes, thank you. So is it hard for you to stay awake at like 1230 p.m. Eastern time uh, for a main event or no? Yeah, yes, it is. It is like the pay-per-view ones because they can go into like, you know, 12, 1 a.m. And then coming off where I'm working to like 12, 12 or 1 a.m. It's tough. So, um, but even, even if I'm not, even if I'm not, I need, I need to take a nap to prepare for these things, dude. It's yeah, bad. No doubt about it. Yeah. Bang a little coffee. You know, he's yep. not drinking Gatorade. Yeah. You got the PFL challenger series on, uh, on Friday night, is that right? Yes, exactly. No elbows, though. Right? No elbows. No. elbows. Oh, we need we need to get that going. Yeah. We're working on uh, Florian submission fighting. By the way, Ken Flo and I, <laughs> co promotion, and uh, he didn't want me to spill the beans here, but because uh, it puts pressure on him, that's undue, and he's already burying his head. We haven't even like- talked to Keith. We haven't even decided if Keith is going to be involved. We love you, Keith. Doctor Florian uh, is financially back in the product. 
<laughs> but it's it's going to be a grappling league. We don't know if it's going to be grappling with elbows or not. But w- the initial conversations have been had. Is that fair to say? That's hilarious. Uh, well, you know, listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the whole Florian thing. We're going to have to change the name or something. I feel weird having the Florian right, submission right, plan. We'll have to come right, up with a, a better right, name. We'll figure it out. I like, Isn't that amazing how yeah. he deflects? Like you knew if he had a son, which he did, it wasn't going to be Kenneth Allen Florian the second. Yeah, and they should right. chime in if they want. If they want us to do a submission, you know, league or tournament, you know, uh, give us people, a name. People like the idea, you know. Let us know. And yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I don't want to do commentary. I just want to uh, <laughs> Alice, walk see, around. To I want one level. of these cush jobs. You know, <laughs> I want one of these cush jobs where you have to wear a suit, no tie, walking around on the floor, just dicking around. You know, <laughs> I always tell my boss Zach Candido, assign me a show where I get to just like you know. <laughs> help out you know i will work right. so hard build the octagon or whatever once it's built <laughs> drink it on the floor. all right so with colby today. covington and jorge masvidal step into the octagon this saturday at ufc 272 uh it's going to be absolutely insane and DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of ufc has a knockout offer for new customers you bet just one dollar on the main event and get a hundred dollars in free bets no matter what so it could be a first-round knockout, submission, majority draw, double knockout, resulting in a no contest. No matter the outcome, you get paid. Now, some might say the sports book is not available in my state yet. Not a problem. You can still get involved, feel the thrill of UFC 272 with DraftKings. is free-to-play pools, free-to-enter with $10,000 in prizes. You answer a handful of questions, such as how long the fight may last. You can follow along to track your results. Great way to have a little action, a little skin in the game. All you need to do right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code John Anik, J-O-N-A-N-I-K. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event. Get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. That's code John Anik this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER and KenFlow qualifies because he was born in 1976. All right. Islam Makhachev versus Bobby Green. I mean, my man, Bruce Buffer, you know, I know you're getting primetime manic, right? I can't stay on task. I'm all over the goddamn place, but me and Buff got to get on the same page. You know, <laughs> obviously he doesn't listen to the Anik and Florian podcast. And this is my problem. You know, Makhachev, it's not Makhachev, you know? Right. And we're just spitting this out to the public and, you know, and the problem gets worse. But Islam Makhachev can flow. Yes. I don't know what else people are asking for. Three minutes and 23 seconds. He does what he does. Seemed like an eventuality that he was going to be able to get this fight down and um, obviously was able to pound Bobby Green out of there shortly thereafter. Uh, what were your thoughts on Islam in the main event? I, I, st- I still – I'm thinking about Bruce Buffer announcing you as <laughs> John Anik. John you know, it's like, like, come on, get it right. Come on. You know, it's like we, gotta, we just got to connect. Bruce and I got to connect. Yeah. It's all, all love, right. Bruce. It's all, all right. it's just all a right. comedy. No, Bruce, I love podcast. Bruce. Bruce is the best. Uh, hey, listen. Yeah, man. This was the problem is that even though Bobby Green, you know, does have a wrestling background, I thought that, you know, strictly a stand up fight, um, you know, he, he would have fared much better. Right. But Mahashev, uh, he's got or Mahashev. Sorry. I know. I know. Uh, he's got, I know I'm like, I fuck it up, too. But yeah. at least I practice. I mean, I mean uh, just, yeah. uh, he's he's got skills on the feet too, and he's he's a cleaner striker than say Habib is, except he has those Habib type grappling skills. So you can't relax with someone like Islam uh, on the outside. You just can't. Like he's he's a threat with his striking, 
Um, and you know he's going to get on the inside, get in on those legs or get to a clinch, and he's going to throw you on your head. And from there, you really don't get up. I think that's what's so impressive about a lot of the Dagestani fighters is, yeah, okay, their wrestling is great. What's underlooked and under uh, underestimated, I, I think, and underappreciated is their control, their ability to keep you on your back and never allow you to get up. I think that's even more dangerous and more impressive than their submission game. But either way, yeah, it was Islam doing what he does best. And, and Bobby Green is is on fire right now. He's confident. He's at the top of his game. But he still just had no answers uh, for 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 Mahashev, and I, I think um, right now there's maybe one guy that could beat him, and he happens to be the champion right now, Charles Oliveira. All right, so we'll get to that. But in terms of what Bobby Green could do with a full training camp against Islam Makhachev, I don't know. Certainly, I think aligning with Daryl Christian for two months as opposed to two days would be yeah. of use. Um, sure. But I'm not the guy who's going to sit here and tell you that a 12-week training camp for Islam Makhachev is going to produce a different result for Bobby Green. Yeah, I think the fight would go longer. Um, maybe if it was in a 30-foot octagon versus a 25-footer, that could alter things a little bit. I mean, what are your thoughts on... Uh, how competitive a fight this would have been. I mean, Islam Akasha put in the training camp of his life, getting ready for Benny Daryush. Bobby Green's going to get ice cream with his daughter after a win, had exhaled, right? Like, I don't want to overstate what a training camp would be, but I don't want to understate, you know, what it would do as well. For sure. I, I think that's accurate. And listen, like, no one's got the secret sauce against a world-class grappler to give you some tips and be like, get two weeks, here you go, bud. You know, a little yeah. slap on the butt. Get on out Good there. You get, get on, on out, out there. there. You'll awesome. be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah, I mean, even dude, even like two months, it's like there's so much sensitivity and feel involved with grappling. And when you're talking about a takedown artist and control master like uh, a Mahashev, it, it's going to be really difficult to deal with. So he needed way more time, no question about that. But more than anything else, John, I, I think it was a really tough matchup for Bobby Green, no, no matter what kind of training yeah. camp he had. Yeah. And nearly everybody else in the top 15. Just a really difficult matchup, right? We've been for saying sure. for almost a year now that Islam Mahashev would be favored to beat any lightweight in the world. Why are you smirking at me, Ken Flo? I'm smirking because it's like Habib left and he replaced him with like a clone of him. You know what I mean? Right. And Who's some would argue a actually a, a better version. Right. Yeah. So um, you're like, oh, right. cool. Great. The late, we thought late we got rid of him. Like star pupil. You yeah. Know, Islam Mahashev. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the immediate future for Islam and whom do you think is next? And then I'll let it rip on the same subject. Yeah, listen, I, I think that he gets the winner of Gaethje and Oliveira. I think that's the fight um, I, that makes the most amount of sense. Um, you look at his win streak, what he's done. Perhaps he hasn't faced, you know, the elite elite guys yet, but w can he beat the top any one of the top five? Yeah, I, I think he can. Uh, so I, I think he deserves it based on his skills, based on the momentum, and based on the fact that, you know, he just won a main event very impressively. So I think it's all kind of firing for him right now. And um, I guess it's a question of, I don't know if it's a question of metrics, if the UFC's seeing if this guy moves the needle or not. I think that would be the only thing left as far as whether he gets that next shot. But right. based on what he's done 
Absolutely. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think we're aligned. I don't know if I'm missing something with a segment of the fan base. I can understand why there is some public sentiment for them putting the fight with Badil Daryush back together. Um, but what is Makashev going to wait six months for another fight? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't wholly subscribe to. Well, I don't at all subscribe to Chael Sonnen's whole forfeiture angle, right? But, you know, Islam trained for this date and showed up. Yeah, he had to pull out of one of the fights with Rafael Dos Anjos, right? But how do you put this Bobby Green win in its proper perspective? You know, because some people just want to act like it didn't even happen, right? And you Mm -hmm. mentioned Bobby Green being on fire, you know, his competitive spirit being in a great mental place coming in, even without a training camp. And he did just train for a fight and get out of the hack harass fight pretty cleanly. I just... I don't know what people want, Kenny, right? Like, I screamed from the rooftops for Tony Ferguson to get a title fight, right? First guy at 155 pounds to put together a double-digit winning streak. But, what, they want one signature win against a guy who had a number next to his name? Like, Dan Hooker's not good enough, or Moises, or Sarukyan, or none of I mean, you know, he hasn't lost since 2015. He's won 10 fights in a row, and he came in number four in the world. Like, I I just... I. You're going to just say now you got to wait six months for Benny Daryush. I mean, I'm with you. It's like this dude. I don't know what if Dana said anything after the fact. This guy fights the winner of Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira. And I think he'll probably be favored to beat either one. Yeah, 100 percent. And listen, you know, I don't think Benny's going anywhere either. You know, I feel I feel bad for Benny. uh, The fact that he lost uh, lost out on this opportunity. But, um, you know, I I think Benny's going to be back. and, And who knows? You know, he fights someone. Uh, and he gets right back in there, and he fights for the belt against Islam, maybe well, or whatever. Thing, so yes. it's not, you know, these things happen all the time, and uh, injuries happen. They're unfortunate. Uh, yes, people want to go back and see fights and all that stuff, but uh, Benny will be back. He's not going anywhere, and, and I think um, Islam, uh, you know, has done everything that he needs to do to win, and he comes from like like a championship pedigree, right? I mean, he's being mentored by Habib. They've trained countless hours together. They've come up from the same gym. They know the recipe to success. Uh, and um, I think he is very well poised uh, to, to be a champion in this sport. I tell you, Charles Oliveira and Islam Makashev stylistically would be a, a fascinating fight. Uh, were That's it to materialize, the yeah. American Justin Gaethje might have something to say about that. And I will just say, lastly, on the whole title shot front, right? Um, There are a lot of recent cases, Jose Aldo uh, getting a title shot off a loss, and certainly very few people batted an eye, and most people thought he was deserving. Uh, Michael Chandler coming into the UFC and beating Dan Hooker, which Islam Akashev did, uh, maybe quicker, I don't know. Um, But Michael Chandler got a title shot based upon a championship body of work in another organization, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Islam Akashev in the modern era has reeled off 10 straight at 155 pounds and has been one of, if not the most dominant lightweight for a, for a long, long time. I mean, um, I don't know. I just, I think people are just dismissive for whatever reason, because there isn't that, uh, that obvious high profile name. Uh, I don't know. I'm one man with an opinion, but I feel pretty strongly that Islam Akashev's next fight is going to be five rounds for uh, for a lightweight championship. But for Bobby Green, real quick before we move on, gets the main event shine. Uh, hopefully there will be another one. I don't know what the future holds, but, uh, you know, his I, his bank account and his MMA star power have never been higher. And for a guy at 35 years old who fought for Strikeforce and has been around the block, uh, he's your era in a lot of respects, Kenny. I think you got to be pretty happy to see Bobby Green realizing this type of success at this stage of his career? Oh, 100%. I, I think, again, there, there's certain 
fights where I, I think you don't lose a whole lot. He took this fight on short notice. I don't think he had a whole lot to lose. Stylistically, this, this was a bad matchup for him. Um, but he's a guy that I think the UFC can rely on to go out there, compete hard. You're always going to get uh, a hardworking, well-trained Bobby Green for the most part, if he has a full camp especially. And he's going to deliver exciting fights. So uh, I think uh, he's a guy that's going to continue to make a lot of money uh, and make a great career for himself. I think he's another guy that has really put his skills together at the right time. And I, I don't think he really lost much. You know, uh, is he going to be a, a, a world champion in the 155 pound division, one of the most difficult divisions in the sport for many, many years? Probably not. But he's a guy that can crack the top 10, he's a guy that can deliver exciting fights in main event spots against other guys so you know I, I again he's he's a fun fighter to watch and because of that and because he's consistent now uh, I think he's got a lot going for him and sometimes you make money late in your career if you can stick around and yep. remarkably he has so um nothing lost for Bobby Green on the weekend as they say uh in Europe us Americans usually say over the weekend all right uh Wellington Terman over Misha Sirkunov by armbar in the co-main event at middleweight so uh had a lot of uh, jujitsu to unpack, Ken Flo. Uh, what'd you make of uh, the fights, uh, or the fight, I should say, and ultimately uh, the mistake, as you put it, by Sirkunov that led to the win for uh, the Danbury, Connecticut-based Wellington tournament? This was turning into a fascinating fight, man. You know, uh, Wellington got off to a great start, hopped on the back of Sirkunov, wasn't able to finish there. Misha able to shake him off the back, uh, had some awesome grounded pound. Uh, to the body and to the head that finished that uh, first round. And then heading into that early part of round two, it seemed like the momentum had shifted and Misha was going to take over, except he made one crucial error. And, you know, anytime you leave your arm out there lying on the chest and your head is kind of lower than the pec level, right? Um, it, it puts you in a very vulnerable position for someone to lock up that arm. If you keep your head over another person's head, like George St. Pierre did so well for so many years, you can keep your arms there all day long. You can hold on to the head and collar tie that head, and they still can't arm lock you. And and you could be off by a few inches, and that's all it takes in this sport, right? Um, and, you know, Wellington saw that vulnerability. He locked up that arm. And Misha, who's who's a, a very good grappler, who's been grappling a very long time, either wasn't aware of that or maybe lost focus at a certain point uh, and got arm locked. And so it was two grapplers going at it. They both, you know, they had their moments back and forth. It was a fun fight while it lasted. And uh, that was a, that, I thought that was a really solid win for Wellington. Yeah, I thought so, too. That's that's a springboard win for him, I think, for sure. Um Armand Sarukyan over Joel Alvarez by TKO. Uh, no pads on those elbows. My goodness. Oh, dude. Brutal. And uh, Listen, I'm I'm an Alvarez fan, and, and I think yeah. he's got so much potential. Um, I, I think he's a tough kid. But once it hit the ground, I was like, oh, geez, this, this isn't good for him. Uh, Armin was being very patient in the beginning. Uh, and he just opened up just a little bit of space, and he threw a beautiful elbow. And from there, he literally was smelling blood because it was all over Alvarez oh, and yeah. all over the octagon. Yeah. And he just kept kept smashing that same spot. And, man, you could see Alvarez. Uh, what, what's cool about it, and maybe I'm a little sick, right? But when you, when you open huh. someone up, when you cut someone up, 
what what happens is you open up a lot of panic in them as well. Not no only doubt. do you open up a cut, but it causes chaos in the octagon, and they are frantically uh, trying to do something. You can't see. Uh, you can't really think well. You're losing energy, literally, uh, and it just disrupts everything that you want to do out there. And from there, Sarukian did everything uh, to try to get him out of there, and it was just brutal. Shot. I mean, you're blinded at that point, and, and Joel just did not have an answer to it, uh, and credit to him uh, going into to round two, uh, just a bloody mess, but um, it, it did not bode well for him. As soon as he got cut, man, that fight really was over. So uh, beautiful to see. Uh, excellent elbows executed in the UFC. Yeah. Well done to Sarukian. Yeah. Uh, Alvarez will be back. He'll be tougher. Uh, uh, but um, that that was that was pretty to watch, man. And so, to watch. No, and I think you just crystallized for me why I love the blood component to mixed martial arts. And again, we always sort of uh, <laughs> disclaim to our, our viewers that the face bleeds a lot it's usually a yes. stitch or two it's very superficially violent this sport of right. mma yeah, yeah, yeah. but blood equals chaos and that's what i love as a viewer so when i'm watching mma and i see an elbow and it's that delayed opening it's like oh you see the skin sort of recede and then it just starts fucking spewing blood and it's like okay there's chaos now because dude on bottom doesn't know if like you could stick a whole fist in his forehead or if it's just two stitches so exactly i love it 100 percent, it. and it's like this sport is hard Hard enough, okay. Right. The sport's hard enough, and you throw some red paint on your face, right. and you're leaking out, and now right. you can't see. Now you're right. working with one eye or no eyes, and it's yeah. just like, yeah. man, it's crazy. And and you're also kind of cheering for the other guy too when it happens because you're like, is this guy going to be able to battle back from this? So it just adds a level of drama that, yeah. uh, you know, it's all there's there's a ton of drama in MMA anyway, but it adds that extra layer that just makes it pretty fun to watch. And the juxtaposition of you, the human being, and you, the fighter, is always so fascinating for me. Was it an elbow that you got Guido with, as I see behind? No, I don't think. Was it, it an did. elbow? It was. Okay, yeah. It was. I, he right. kept moving his head like a maniac, and I was like, yeah. I kept missing my cross. And I was like, let me, let me what if I just throw like yeah. a horizontal elbow? Yeah. i got to catch him at some point. Yeah. And right. it just nicked him, and then he yeah. just became a yeah. bloody mess. And the same thing ha- kind of happened. And choke him out. But no, I mean, Ken Flo is sort of seen as this consummate, you know, nice guy. And uh, as a fighter, uh, anything but, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's because they made him uh, cut so much water weight for all those yeah, exactly. championship contests. Um, all right. Yeah. So Sarukyan, uh, the Armenian, however you want to pronounce his name, I think he's going to be somebody who needs to be reckoned with at 155 pounds. Uh, the fight of the night was Priscilla Kashweda and Jiyeon Kim. So I'm putting a kid to bed, watching on my cellular telephone on mute. And I'm watching the first round. And I don't know what's going on if people at home think this is like the greatest round they've ever seen. But I tell you, me sitting in my son's bedroom, that felt like the greatest MMA round I had ever seen. It wasn't that. But obviously, uh, this fight had a lot to offer. And I know you saw it last night. So what were your thoughts? It was crazy. I mean, these these girls were throwing down, man. Uh, they just, uh, I mean, they didn't care about their own faces, the, the no. faces of their opponents. They were just trying to do damage, man, nonstop from the very beginning. And I, I was pretty blown away at how tough these these ladies were and how many shots they could take. I mean, Cachoeira, by the way, was landing some huge elbows yeah. uh, and was able to bloody up. Uh, Kim as well, but you know, uh, more than anything else, even when she landed just with that blunt force, I mean, it would knock her face back. She'd come right back into the fold, and uh, these 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 ladies went at it. 
it was absolutely insane to watch a fight like that on mute. And then uh, seemed like there was much being made of the scorecards online um, because Gian Kim seemed to land uh, a whole bunch more strikes. And Priscilla Cachueta looked like she uh, put her head in like a beehive or something. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I was putting the kid to bed, so I don't have much more on the scorecards. Um, Ignacio Ba Mendez with a big win over a very game wrong Zhu who did miss weight. Terrence McKinney makes quick work of Fares ZM, which was also a highlight uh, and a good night overall. I've been focused on UFC 272, so I didn't uh, dive too deep into that fight, cat. But uh, that is it for headlines today. And we now, you think Longo answers the call today? Hopefully, Cody will let us know if uh, if there's anything to miss on on the local front with Ray Longo. So we make sure we're sensitive to that. Let's get to the Ray Longo minute. It's now time for the Ray Longo minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. You know, you guys. What are, happened? No, you guys are joking, no? What? What? Seriously, you're fucking joking with me. Are you <laughs> kidding? Where, where, where were you? I get, a, I get a thing for Skype today. I'm like, I didn't even talk to anybody. <laughs> well, all right, I'm going to have to go back into this. So, oh, so you you felt like we dropped the ball with the communication again because. No, no, I didn't feel like you dropped the ball. You dropped the ball with the <laughs> communication. Uh, all right, what happened? You, you want to check, check your text messages? Seriously. Yeah, I guess I will. No, and I I really apologize if I dropped the ball uh, again. John, no need for an apology. We're all, all right, friends Ray here. and Cody, let's see. Um. Sunday, February 20th. Yeah, I think I, I think somehow. I, no, wait. No, I think I texted you on my own. Maybe not with Cody. Either way, this isn't great content. Um, But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess you're right. We did. We had no. Holy crow, Kenny. Cody. I mean, you this is Cody un- this unbelievable. You called Cody this afternoon because there had been no communication. Right. Well, I got a Skype notification. So I, I, I'm at the gym and I'm like, let me just Skype in. I thought you were doing the podcast at like 3.30. Oh, did some? Oh, it must have been somebody else. You know, then I sat in the waiting area for about an hour and a half. Nobody picked up, so no. I fucking went back to teaching. That's all right. Just guys got fights. It's all good. (laughs) No, I mean I'll take this one on the chin. I uh, Uh, funny to read some of the comments. People say nobody pushes my buttons quite like Ray Longo, and I'm not doing this for a radio bit. I just we had our signals crossed, obviously. Uh, in terms of the time slot, but prime time is better for you. It seems like your night is kind of open. Are you home or at the gym? I just got home. Yeah, I had a race right. home. Did you do the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my but God. here I am. What Look, an I'm absolute here. disaster. Did anybody Gosh. fight Friday or Saturday night? I, I actually should have stayed at the gym and did it. I, if I knew I could have gotten on at seven, I wouldn't even have tried to get home. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna owe you a phone. But call again, you know, when you're speeding tickets because of us, John. When you're Kenny, but basically when you're guessing, it's hard to know what you're doing, right? Well, next time, just <laughs> oh, call no. me or text me. I sincerely apologize. I don't well, know. No, why. You know. Yeah. Right. Wow. Did anybody fight locally Friday or Saturday before we moved? No. But no. I have a guy, uh, Dylan Montello. That's who I was with uh, before I left. He's fighting on uh, Khabib's show, March 11th in, I think, Miami, is it? You coming down to South Florida? Oh, yeah. All right. Maybe uh, this will finally be the time that we connect. Uh, he just told me you <laughs> this will be the time. What do we got? Let's t- get, hit me with something. <laughs> I must really be on this guy's shit list, Cody. We no, got to uh, get our signals no, aligned. Kenny, come on. 
you want to know what I have prepared for you? Is that what you want? Yeah, yeah let's on. go. Let's, Islam Akashev. All right, Islam Akashev. We'll keep it quick. Islam Akashev. No, no, we don't have to did keep you watch it quick. Fight? Did yes, you watch I the did. Fight? Yes. All right, so talk to me about this guy, this performance, um, and big picture, what you would do with him now. Uh, he's def- Well, I believe 100%. First off, two words for him. Major problem. He's yeah. he's really, he's just a problem. And I, I think at the very, you know, look, it, he, he's going to be, he's the next champion for sure. When they give him the opportunity, I believe. So anyway, he's just, he just looks good. That was a pretty dominant performance uh, over Bobby Green. We've never really seen anybody do that to him, but I mean, he did take it on short notice. So it kind of sucks. He saved the day, but you know, it is what it is. But the guy, it doesn't take away from, Islam, he was going to fight anybody right. you put in front of him. He's got the right attitude. He's got the right people behind him. And uh, and he's just been dominating. So yeah. dominating some decent guys. So it's I, I'm saying he's the next champion for sure. I like, like his attitude. He's great control, just like Khabib. You know, it's very similar, and he's got better striking. So it should be interesting. So you like him stylistically to beat both Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje? Were he to get the winner of that fight? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, I I believe yeah. so. Yeah, I just think he's too strong on top. Uh, you know, uh, Oliveira at least be able to throw up some submission attempts. He could obviously catch him at any point in time, but uh, I mean, Gaethje, I think it'll be a replay of the uh, the Khabib fight. So I've tried. Yeah, I mean, he he proved that he has no ground down there at all. So I mean, if you can't get back to your feet with this guy, it's it's just another nightmare, you know. Right. right. So you know, I've talked a lot about Marab Willie in glowing terms, comparing him in some way to like Hamzat Shimaev and Islam Makhachev as sort of the avoided strong grappler in the division. I'm just curious if Marab was the guy you were sending in there against Piotr Jan and not Aljamain Sterling, how you expect that fight? would play out, you know, because that's what I have in my notes, if you really want to know. No, that's an interesting matchup. I mean, I'll tell you where Marab's different from those guys, and we don't know. I mean, he he doesn't have the control they have when he right. gets you down. Right, but, right. But he'll do that. I'm not sure if he's even letting you up so he could take you down again. You know, he just right, – he right. can go and go, and he's still going to be just as strong in the third or the fourth or the fifth round as he was in the first. I'm not sure that's the case with these guys. Uh you know, I know when Khabib fought Al, I mean, I think he took a round off maybe, and then he went back to the wrestling. But uh, he's lucky he didn't have somebody who could keep pushing him and pushing him. And that's what Marab brings to the table. He's just relentless, yeah. right. and he's hard to hold down. So, yeah. uh, But it's different. He doesn't have the control they have. Like right. the and he doesn't control. have the offensive submission arsenal that Hamzad has, and certainly, uh, you know, is or maybe he does, you know. Yeah. But like, I would like to see guys like Marab. You see a lot of like NFL quarterbacks hiring, you know, quarterback coaches, right? Like young quarterbacks to really try to hone in their arm. And I would like to see. I'm not saying this just because I'm the president of Team Florian, but I would like to see guys who do maintain control and can grapple and get the fights to the ground, hire guys like Kenny Florian to really hone in on a couple chokes. I mean, you don't think Daniel Cormier was always plucking Ken Flo's brain? No, I mean, he was like what, you know, trying to hone in on a couple chokes and really some of the nuances so that for a guy like Marab, when he does get you down, it's fucking game over. You, you know, know? I, I, I do look at, listen, I love Kenny, but 
you know, Sarah did beat John Jacques Machado in uh, Dubai a bunch of. I mean, I don't know. Hey, he, he's right. got enough chokes. Hey. He's got he's got Sarah, that guy. Sarah knows what he's doing. And he's got Jason Rao, who's a fucking animal on the circuit now too. He's yeah. he's right with all of those guys. He was trained in the city when they were here, so he's surrounded by really really solid jujitsu guys. He just likes to fight the way he likes to fight. He's yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I'll say this too. I'll say you know the interesting thing for for Marab is he has been tested. We know what happens if he does get hit or does he yeah. have a chin? Can he come back with? And maybe it's a good thing or a bad thing. But with Hamzat and Islam. Like, uh, of course, Islam lost his, his, I think, his UFC debut, but we haven't seen those guys when their backs are against the wall. Right. We haven't seen them hurt and have to battle back. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and and it's easy when you're the hammer, but you don't quite know when they're the nail. We have yeah. seen that from Rob. I think that's another difference maybe between those guys, too. Yeah, yeah. And again, even with uh, Marlon Marais, I mean, he was literally, look, he was outgunned on his feet. Marlon's a stand-up guy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, Marab's really still a work in progress. He really is, you know, right. so uh, he's no, and he may have a lot of those chokes in his arsenal. Oh, already. he 100 yeah. percent can submit. Yeah. There's no, no question no about doubt. it. Right. You know, and he no, was a, not... he was a Sambo guy, too. He's got it. He's just I think he enjoys doing. What yeah. he's doing. No, I think that's fair. I'm certainly not denigrating his jujitsu coaches, yeah. but I do think that the more people go to specialists for certain things in MMA, I do think that's ultimately where we're going. All right. Um, anything else on the uh, the UFC fight night? I mean, it seemed like there was um, a, a vocal part of the population that um, was trying to like denigrate this Islam win. So I'm glad that you put it in its proper perspective. But unless you have anything else on UFC fight night, I'm, I'm going to move on to the pay-per-view. Look, at the end of the day, they, they could denigrate whatever they want. At the end of the day, and I believe this whole – he was going to fight whoever the hell they put in front of him. I don't think that guy's picking who he's fighting at this point. He would have fought anybody, and that's what you want yeah. from a fighter. You know what I mean? That's how you're going to find out. But, um, man, I don't know. That was – I like Bobby, man. I was really pulling for him too, only because I think he's – like what you said last week, he deserves a main event. Not on two weeks' notice, not right after you, you know, you fought. Because, like, again, uh, I, I see guys that throw a lot of punches, man. Their hands are not good two weeks later. They're just yeah. not. So, you know, but he did save the day, and um, hopefully that means something to somebody. But that you can't take a thing away from that other guy. He's been pretty much flawless the last couple oh of fights God. we've seen him in, you know. And, yeah, look, I think Chemayev's probably the next champ or whatever – weight division he goes into these guys that look yeah. i think they're dedicated they're outworking everybody and uh you know i love that's why i like even like marab you're not keeping that guy out of the gym you know what i mean you just he's gonna you know psychologically you know you gotta fight but you gotta defend 12 takedowns in a fight and he's 12. not gonna get weaker you know a lot what i mean more than that. yeah i mean you, I you know what i'm saying like it's just I'm crazy, I'm, but that's who he is, you know? Yeah. I mean, hopefully uh, he gets healthy soon because I just, uh, I'm, I'm more fascinated to see the matchmaking for him than anybody else in that division. You know, when I look at all the big names that are surrounding him, someone's got to fight Marab, you know, and it's a very interesting yeah. uh, singular challenge in that division. All right. Yeah. I think he'll be back in June. He's back in the gym now because we got him for Aljo and then uh, yeah, Adrian Yanez just got in today. So uh, oh, nice. we're going to get a great week or two of training him. But I, you know, like when I talk tomorrow, I go, how's your show? I just don't even know if I believe him, you I know, know, because know. he's, his pain tolerance is totally, I get guys, uh, 
my my legs are a little sore. You know, this guy's got his bone broken. He's like, no, no, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm good to go. It, I just don't want to really kill him himself at this point. That's the that's the yeah. problem because those injuries start to mount up, and then no matter who you are, you start altering your game a little bit, and that's that always drives me crazy. And I I, I see it. I you know my guys have fought injured forever, and you know the longer you're in this game. Yeah, the long yeah. you're gonna have to deal. It's just it is part yep. of the game, and I'm sure everybody's dealing with it. So it's yeah. not you know specific to that, but it's yeah. it's hard to get out of here unscathed. You know. Yeah. Before we move on, Marab, right now, eighth all time in UFC history for takedowns landed. Wow. With 63, yeah. GSP number one with 90. Is that right? 63 is eighth all time. Very impressive. I'm curious where Curtis Razor Blades is on that list. All right. UFC 272 in a few days. Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Oof. Yeah, man. I mean, need I say more, right? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of heat on it. You know, I've been asked sort of about previous grudge matches. Kenny, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Um, but I can't quite remember. I mean, a fight that had this much heat. Certainly Jones and Cormier uh, was pretty volatile. Um, but this feels legitimate. This feels like uh, no, this it's is... either great promotion yeah. or... Or I, I don't I don't think they're going to bury the hatchet. I, I believe this is different because, you know, I had, you know, Sarah and Hughes. That was a, a good rivalry back oh, in the yeah. day. But, you know, the, the difference is. Like even uh, D.C. and Jones, it's all fabricated, right? That This is for real. Like these guys, you know, D.C. was never living with John Jones, nor would he, I think he ever would want to. But, um, you know, it's the same thing with Matt. It became more um like fabricated you know what i mean they had to make it up almost you know what i mean he said this to that guy and i you know and it becomes a big deal and then you know it's funny but uh but these guys i think really have something where there's there's a there's a real hatred there i mean they were living together you see them together and then they're not together so that's a big i think that's a big difference Kenny, I mean, I know there have been times in your career, we've talked about it, obviously, where there was more than just, uh, you know, man on man, right? There was an emotional backdrop to whatever degree. Uh, What are your thoughts on all that noise? Ah, It's tricky, and it's a major factor, in my opinion, because if I want to do my job the best of my ability, this is for me personally. Sometimes it it, it fuels you. It can help you. But if I want to do my job the best of my ability, I'm trying to get the emotions out of it if I can right? It helps me focus. It helps me uh, perform better. Um, in some cases, you know, depending on who you are, it could fuel you better. It could fuel you more. You know, if you're getting to a point where things are getting tough in the fight, you're like, I'm not losing to this fucking guy, you know, it can help you. But a- as far as sticking to game plans and stuff like that, that's where it can really affect you in a negative way. Where if you're like, Hey, I'm supposed, I know I'm supposed to take this guy down but he just hit me with a shot and I want to hit him as hard as possible. And I want to beat him at his own game. That's when it can kind of throw you off. So I'm curious to see how that affects both guys, right? Cause both guys are fiery, but Colby's been here many times before he has ticked people off. He knows how to get underneath your skin. Um, but with Jorge, I don't know. I, he, I guess he had it with Ben Askren a little bit, you know, uh, but this is like Ray said, this is different because it runs deep. These are former friends that, uh, genuinely do not like each other. This one has gotten spicy, uh, over 
couple years now. Yeah, and the difference is what, you, what Kenny's saying, too, is, you know, I just got hit. I should be wrestling, but I want to hit him back. That's for two people that never met each other before. Right. These guys have sparred in the gym. That's a big difference. One of those guys knows exactly kind of what's going to happen. There's no question in my mind. You know what I mean? They, Unless somebody made adjustments. And I think the other difference is even when, when Masvidal fought Ben Askren, he hadn't hit Pater yet. You know, he was still had that hunger. And I think Kobe's got to be the hungrier guy at a both of them because Jorge's tasted some money now. It looks like he's having a great time. You never know, you know, if that's going to play into it. But I think this is a, a serious thing, and I'm I'm excited as shit for this fight. But yeah, um, man. No, I don't really have anything to add. I I find it to be absolutely fascinating, particularly from the Mosfidal side, right? Because if I put it in terms for someone like me, right, it's like, all right, I got to play one on one game of basketball with a dude who hooked up with my girlfriend. Right. So it's like the upside of beating that guy is is off the charts. Right. But the downside of losing that guy is obviously pretty profound. Right. And I think for me as an athlete, I wasn't the mentally toughest athlete out there. I think I'd rather fight just the dude that uh, or play one on one with the dude that I'm cool with, as opposed to the dude that just took my girl, you know, because of that downside, you know. But Masvidal, I feel like, is the type of guy um, like I, I try to think about what I'm going to ask him, Ray, in my fighter meeting. And I keep coming back to this thought like. George, it seems to me like maybe you guys should just fight like on Thursday after the presser in the streets. That seems to be the way you'd rather go about this, right? Like and he, he'd have no problem with that. He would do right, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's right. It's like, it's a, you know, obviously you're going to fight for money, but I think the fight he really wants is, is, you know, the misdemeanor assault charge, you know? Right. So I don't know. I think it's very fascinating. I think the betting line is fascinating. Um, right. You know, what is Go the ahead. betting line? What's the line on that? Colby's a big favorite. Minus 335. I guess because Ray, I got a question because I, I don't really know the answer. Who do you think has more to lose in this fight? Uh I think Colby does, believe it or not. Mm. Because he's more of a shit talker. Or he's last lost his last couple. So mm. I don't think, you know, as far as that, I mean, you're talking about like street credibility or something like that. Or uh I think the guy, you know, I always think it's the guy that's talking the most has the most to lose. I just like mm. as a basic premise, you know what I mean? Right. And uh yeah, I well, I wonder. I, I wonder I, where each of them go after them. I guess I'm coming from that standpoint of where do they go if they lose? You know what I mean? Like, where does Jorge go if he loses, and where does Colby go if he loses? Well, I got to tell you, I don't think. See, I, I like again. I'm not sure of this, but I don't think Jorge has to go anywhere. I think he did pretty good for himself. You know what and I he's mean? He's a and huge name. That yeah, right. I think he fight, goes right? wherever he wants to go. I think he's carved out his identity is what you should do, right? You know, yep. as you. Building, he, he built his brand around the identity that he's brought, which I think carries him win or lose. The other yeah. guy hasn't right. really, you know, he hasn't really won like this type of fight before. So I think he's he's the guy, if he loses, then he lost to a journeyman who just lost twice in a row or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. I think, mm. and for a guy that's talking shit like that, I think he's the guy that's got the pressure on him. I don't think. Jorge has any pressure. I, I I think he's a street guy, and I don't think he has any pressure on him at all. I think he's going to go in and handle this just like he handles any other fight, you know? Well, the point of sort of separation seems to be this alleged non-payment from Colby Covington, $12,500. And I think 
to a coach, right? And then Masvidal has said that he went and paid that coach. And with all of, <clears throat> excuse me, with all of these specifics, right? And I know both guys, right? I respect both guys. You know, I came to Covington's defense publicly against my dear friend and broadcast partner, Michael Bisping. But, you know, I take Masvidal at his word in a lot of respects when he sets this up, right? It just seems very specific. And it seems like that sort of was the hinge of the relationship, Ray. Like, I sat on a plane behind these guys, right, going from Miami to Dallas. And they weren't, like, holding hands. But, I mean, one of them was in the middle seat. One of them was on the aisle. They were inseparable. Um, there are a lot of parallels between them. I think they bonded on a lot of things. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to see sort of how they all handle everything that comes with this matchup. I got to tell you, I'm fascinated by that story, to be honest with you. Is, there, can we, is that an accurate story? Because... I know if I didn't get paid by somebody in the gym, nobody was coming to pay me. Well, right. So, and that's <laughs> I think, a, a, I think if he went and paid that debt off to his trainer, I like him just for that. I'm pulling for him big time now. Well, that seems like, again, now, if you're trying to sell pay-per-views, Ken Flo, that's yeah. one thing, right? Sure. But this doesn't seem like a, a fabrication necessarily by Masvidal, right? But what a, what a good goodwill. What a sign of goodwill that is, man. Well, I think when you when you align a fighter and you give a recommendation to a coach and that, you know, you feel a certain response. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, right? like, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I have see that. No, no, that, make, that makes life, more sense you know? to me. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. Right. If, like he, if he vouched for him, then, yeah. uh, you know, listen, yeah. there's certain groups of people that would make him pay the money. <laughs> That's uh, if you if you put up your word about somebody yeah. then you're kind of responsible for them. I mean, both of these guys have been in emotional fights. For Covington, they're all emotional, right? I right. mean, walking out in Sao Paulo to fight Damian Maya didn't figure to be easy, you know? Uh, I guess I just wonder, um, as an athlete, as a professional athlete, when you want something so bad, I mean, the bragging rights for life. And candidly, by the time Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley fought in 2020, a lot of the steam and the heat had sort of dissipated a little bit. You know, Woodley was at whatever stage of his career he was, so... Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. How am I supposed to write this pay-per-view open? I mean, and memorize, I don't even know. I'm you know who I would ask? I would I would call Dan Lambert and ask him who he thinks is going to win. I yeah. bet he's got a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, who do you think is going to win? Since we don't have Dan today. And again, <laughs> my apologies for the scheduling. I'm going to take it all. Um. This is no knock on my beloved Cody Marrow, but I'm going to start calling you on show day. I'm going to give you four different time slots that you can choose from. We're going to get it wow. right. I feel like we wronged you today. I, I like it like a multiple choice track. test. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go back to the yeah. old school days. Um, yeah, it's good. I think uh, I think the wrestling and the pressure of Covington will. I right. think he he can right. keep going too. Right. So I th I'm going right. to go with Covington, even though I, I I don't think I've ever bet against Masvidal before. Because I like him, but uh, yeah. I think Colby's probably going to get the job done. It is interesting. I mean, certainly most of the people that I've spoken to uh, seem to lean that way. Uh, we shall see how it all plays out. Art, a couple other things before we let you go. Um, Edson Barboza and Bryce Mitchell, a wow. featured bout in the featherweight division. Ken Flo has to hold back his thoughts on this fight. Um, but Edson Barboza, despite the wealth of UFC experience, is the underdog here against Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, why is Kenny have to hold back? You've been training with Bryce? No, no he's going to give his make prediction, prediction in like 15 yeah. minutes. Oh, oh you know? I see what you're saying. Man, I man, look, I love Bryce Mitchell. He's been in the gym. 
He's super talented. This is a really big test for him, man. I'm not Barboza. I don't know. Right. Barboza, I can't believe Barboza is the underdog in that fight, but I don't know if you saw the co main event. Rafael Dos Anjos is a pretty big underdog against Rafael Faziv, like plus 210 for RDA or so. Well, so. it looks like we got a couple of live dogs. That's nice. Right. So, uh, where will you be for the pay per view on Saturday night? Where will you be watching? You working? No, I'll be up. I'm sure I'll be home. Extra rounds or any of that noise? No, I haven't seen. Oh, those UFC unfiltered guys calling these days or no? Wow. What? We get, we get jealous, Ray, okay? Holy crow. I, I refuse to talk on yeah. the reason that might incriminate me. Played in the No, fifth. I mean, you know how seriously I take this program. So the thought of you rearranging your schedule and frustratedly driving home from the gym to your house to accommodate the show doesn't sit well with me. And it's going to sit even worse with my wife who will ask me in about 40 minutes. Oh, how'd the show go? And I'll say, Oh, we fucked, fucked up. Long <laughs> and she loves Ray. So this is not unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you do without your wife? Seriously? I don't know. Uh, exactly. I, don't know. I wouldn't leave, get leave married like a second that. time. I'll tell you that. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know? I hear you on that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, of course. No, I mean, my whole household would be completely screwed, obviously. You know, she goes away. It looks like a tsunami rolled through here, but the kids are all alive. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, that's about that's about all I have. When are you next on the road? Uh, the 11th. I'll be in Miami. All right. I know you already forgot that. We just mentioned it two minutes ago. I kind of was thinking. That, that goes to show you. Go, how we're not hooking up this time. You already ah! forgot about it. And I just told him. So that's that's not happening. March 11th. Got to I'm going to be there. Mark. I'm going to be there. So Are you gonna, is, that the one? is that the one? The Jacksonville one? No, no that's this not, guy. No, 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 that's no, not no. I'm the Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, maybe one day we'll get the whole band together. Uh, Ray, we love you. Um, again, accept my apologies no, to the no. entire Longo family. for uh, No apologies no. needed. <laughs> All right. they, I got like the, to... they got they actually have the door gagged and bound in the ah. room because I, <laughs> I had to run in. I like to see you rocking the Longo Wyman MMA gear every now and again too. You know, there you go. Yeah, you can. You know, those colors run deep. I'm telling you, Team Sarah Longo, Longo Wyman MMA. Yeah, just we're all over the place. Yeah. We love everybody. Yeah. All right, buddy. Have a uh, have a great day and a better evening. All those. Right. Thank you. Uh, all right, guys, take it easy. I'll talk to you next week. There he is, the Ray Long every week here on the Anakin Floyd podcast. Cody's just like, all right, we got to move on here. Whoo! I guess that was on me today. Um, I don't know. The thing, he he ain't on email, right? And again, right. The, all, all the Minutemen after me all banging on him on the way out. But he's not on email, and I got a lot going on. And I, uh, yeah, I guess I screwed that up. I'll Longo one, Annex zero. Yeah. On this one. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, it is now time for the pronunciation of the week, and we're going to get Cody on a three shot. Oh, now. I dare come back. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I didn't uh, come on when Ray was still here. Much Cody. Love, much love. Eddie's going to give it to you, buddy. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not. There's, there, okay. there's no conversation to be had. I do think, though, uh, you know, he's born in the 19 fucking 60s or 50s, whatever the fuck it is. Right. Kempflow born in 1976, as we got to earlier on the program. But it's like, no, I think we got to lay it out, Cody. I think I got to text the guy like, hey, man, 615, 630, 645, 7, 715 Sunday. Any of these times work, you know, and uh, and then expect him to be eight or 10 minutes tardy. Right. Wow. Phil. 
<laughs> uh, all right, so we have two files to play. Um, the first file is the guy who's fighting Colby Covington. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to pronounce this name because we only want to hear him in all his glory. But Ken Flo, uh, as a guy who at one point in time yourself spoke as many as six languages. At least that's what the internet says about you, by the way. <laughs> Say, my man, Keflo speaks fucking six he languages. Gets more and more. I know. More it's more like languages it was every four, time. folks. Uh, and two of them didn't speak languages. that well. God. No. Um, computer code. That's why he's a BattleBots commentator. <laughs> right. But yes. so the last time prior to Usman Masvidal 2, that Jorge Masvidal had been finished, was that inverted triangle, Toby Imada 2009, right? And I happened to be on the call way back when, when I had no idea what I was doing, but I've always felt a certain kinship to, to Jorge Masvidal, and I just wanted to hear the legend say his name on the airwaves. If we could just play that file, Cody, that would be, that would be great. Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal. Right. I mean, now you know why we played the file, Ken Flo. I mean, what yes. a beautiful man, right? Jorge Gamebred Mafida. We dropped that S this weekend. Hopefully the bosses don't get upset. Um, but our pronunciation of the week, I believe, is a fighter who uh, might have even lost uh, her opponent. Um, Cody, I, I really want to hear you say this name. Uh, she competes on the preliminary portion in the flyweight division. Big, big 2021 for this lady. We'll see what she can do here in 2022 if they find a replacement opponent for Jessica I. Um, who am I talking about, bud? Well, she did post on her Instagram that she will not be fighting, and that Instagram oh. is for Manon no. Fioro. Manon Fioro is not how she pronounces her name. Let's All hear right, her. Let's see how she pronounces it. My name is Manon the Beast Fioro. Fior. My name is Manon the Beast Fioro. Fuel. I had the first Manon. I at least I, I was uh yeah, not putting bad. some emphasis not on that one. Manon I do have a question fuel. for you guys though before yeah. I get on here before I quick shop. So you remember where the UFC used to have their names for the pay per views? Kenny, were you ever on a named pay per view like UFC Bad Blood or something yeah. like that? Like, yeah, right, right, right. Were you ever on one? Yeah, no, he was. UFC of course, Vengeance? he was. I, I, I yeah, he was. Gotta yeah, be. he was. Gotta yeah. be. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. what was UFC 87? Fucking seek and destroy? <laughs> fucking when you beat Roger Huerta? I'll look it up right now. It was. I think yeah. it was seek and seek destroy. And I mean, destroy. is this they Metallica before the main event came on or something? I mean, is this filler? Is that what they call this? No, no. Well, <laughs> I, I, have, I, I have some suggestions as to what this one would be. I want to hear which one yeah. you like. Yeah. UFC 87, seek and destroy. Seek and destroy. Eight <laughs> line Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I could beat that with my suggestions for UFC 272, but I'm going to try. Right? Go ahead. UFC 272, Bad Blood? No? Full Real? <laughs> uh, nemesis? Uh, nemesis? I just think no. one name. One no. Past Pals. I want to hear Bruce. <laughs> UFC 272, Past Pals. Pass. Presented by <laughs> Gooch Wipes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah. UFC 87, Seek and Destroy. I was covering mixed martial arts for ESPN at the time, and I got to go to the event because Kenny Florian was fighting. And that was, uh, and, you know, Roger Huerta had all this momentum, right? Everybody talking about Huerta, you know. Back then, uh, there was less media coverage, but if Ken Flo had a scrum, he'd probably be like, 
Y'all want to put some respect on my name with this Roger Huerta? Because, like, I probably dated prettier women. I might even be better looking. He's getting all this steam. It's a fucking joke. Um, we'll update the standings before we get to uh, Jimmy Krause for the first time in a long time. Oh, Brian God. Petrie's on fire. You know, Krause kid's going to come back he here is. in a few minutes. And he's going to be like, wow, all of a sudden, you know, Brian Petrie creeping up on the black. But plus 2.1 units for hey. our man from the MMA Takes podcast, Brian Petrie. Um on the week. So he gets to minus 0.8 for team Anik, I guess we'll call it for now. Um, mm. Ken flow, uh, also a pretty good week. Minus 0.2. The Misha Serkinov fight hurt you. That yeah. was a big thing, obviously, sure because did. he had Wellington Terman. Um, so minus 4.4 there. So, uh, a slight lead for team Anik as we come up on UFC 272 Covington versus Mafidal. I don't sound nearly as good as he does. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, so I'm walking out of the UFC Apex after UFC Fight Night, Walker versus Hill earlier this month, and a fan turns to me and is like, Anik, like, can you get James Krause back on the podcast already? You're making so, this up. You're no, making this not up. Not at all. Not at all. Absolutely happened. You know, so this listener, hopefully they're on social media and they will back My me man. up. But this is for you. It's a pay-per-view week. James Krause is in the building. It's oh, good to have you. You know, if I was interviewing James Krause, the fighter right now, I would lead with this question. So I'm going to ask you, your schedule seems as breakneck as anyone's. You know, <clears throat> Kenny has talked about trying to clone himself with all the different irons that he has in the fire. But for you, it's just insane sort of running this gym, your own fight promotion, um, random commentary things that you're doing all of the coaching um you know i'm thankful as your friend that you're going to vegas on thursday and not tuesday how are you holding up you also have children like how are you holding up uh amidst the grind that is your life right now uh, i mean it's just I, I think you get desensitized to it after a while you know like uh like i think kenny kenny can attest to this whenever you're fighting you're trained twice a day and people are like how do you do that i don't know I just let's right. do it i don't know it's just what needs to be done so <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it is uh, it's just uh, it's just what needs to be done. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's what I do. So, yeah, no, I mean, I go back and forth. Like, do I like all this noise in my life? Would I like less noise? I don't really know. I think noise overall is a good thing. All right. We got a lot of picks to make today. Real quick. You got Tim Elliott fighting Tagir Ulan Bekov coming up this weekend. Any quick thoughts on that matchup for Tim before we uh, get to the picks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, I could just I could break the fight down unobjectively if you'd like me to. Uh, Tim's obviously my my guy. He's one of my best friends in the world. He's a great human being. Uh, but like, as you look at this fight unobjectively, obviously Tigir's a young uh, young stud coming from that that uh, Dagestan camp that uh, that are really good at those upper body wrestling. And um, this fight reminds me a lot of when uh, Tim fought Askar. I didn't coach him for this fight, uh, but everybody told him not to lock up with Askar because he would get he would get taken down. And if you guys remember, Tim threw him like not taken down, like threw him four or five times. And I've mm -hmm. seen Tim throw some really really high level wrestlers. He's really tough upper body man. Like he's 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 a really good wrestler upper body, and he's a little funky. You know what I mean? So uh, that's sometimes that's what it takes. You know, he he does all the wrong things and he does them right. Yeah. And uh, I, th I do feel like we've seen a resurgence of his skill, even though we lost the, the Nikolai fight, which I thought he won. Uh, right. I do feel like I'm seeing a progression with him of skill and I, I, at his age and his, his level in the UFC. I do feel like he's still getting better. 
And I believe there's nobody better to center that athlete between rounds than you. I like seeing the dynamic between you guys. All right. So it's easy for me to lay out these fights because I don't have to pick them. Right. But I left a couple on the cutting room floor. We still have seven selections for you today. So we'll try to rip through uh, some of these prelims fairly quickly. Um, but the first fight for us, big fight at lightweight, essentially a pick them right now. Jalen Turner minus 125. Jamie Malarkey is plus 105. Two really solid lightweights, in my humble opinion. Malarkey out of Central Coast, Australia, 2-0 and with a couple knockouts in 2021. Uh, Turner's won three in a row. It makes me feel bad every time I step on the scale. I don't weigh myself, but like Jalen Turner weighing 156, I'm like, fucking A, man. All right, Jalen, we get it. Like, you can weigh 156 pounds. Um, what do you have for us, James, on Jalen Turner and Jamie Malarkey? Yeah, I mean, this is a great fight. Uh, I'm a big fan of both of these kids. And uh, I, I will say this, man, I really like uh, I, I, I like Jalen Turner because he's a long he's a long lightweight that should probably be a welterweight. <laughs> so I can relate. I, I can relate right. to him. Uh, but man, I really like Jamie Malarkey a lot. And I feel like he's the underdog in every fight. And dude, the dude is so durable. He's got no quit in him. Heart for days. He's a big puncher. Good volume. And I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but the fight that he put up against Brad Riddell in his, oh, I yeah. think it's both their debuts, that was yep. just remarkable. In Australia, amazing, amazing performance for both those guys. Uh, and then obviously stopping Devontae Smith is no easy task either. So uh, I like Jamie Malarkey in this. I do think it's going to be a banger, though. Um, I think Jamie's going to get on the inside. And and uh, he does a really good job mixing everything up. He works the body. He works the takedowns. He's got great striking. He's super tough to get. I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to be right here. And he's going to force you to fight him. And that's There's I no like doubt. watching guys like that. No, you set him up perfectly, honestly. I'm a big fan of Jamie Malarkey and, of course, the tarantula, Jalen Turner. Kenny, I think winner here has a chance to crack the top 15 uh, at some point in 2022. You going Turner or uh, or Jamie Malarkey? That's a fun name for us Bostonians to say, fucking Jamie Malarkey. Kempfla, who do you have? Dang it, Kraus. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I, I like Malarkey here as well. I. You know, I, I think if it goes to the ground, uh, things are going to get interesting. And I like Turner. You know, I, I think he's more of a threat there for sure. If the fight's going to get a finish on the ground, uh, I got to lean towards Turner. But Malarkey, I, I love his pressure. I love the fact that he's so comfortable as a striker that he throws five, six, seven strikes at a time. He'll go to the body. He'll go upstairs. He mixes it up, uh, stays in your face. Um, so I, both these guys, I see them really with a lot of potential but i think at this stage of their career i'm leaning malarkey as well i love that fight i'm gonna get excited uh when it gets to that point of the night all right strawweight title eliminator marina rodriguez minus 290 Jan shaunan plus 230 so rodriguez should be fighting on pay-per-view in my opinion, she's unbeaten in eight UFC fights aside from that split decision loss to Carla Esparza. She's won back-to-back -back main events, uh, including one against Michelle Waterson that she took on extremely short notice, barely made it to the U.S. for that one. Um, here she draws the the also aspirational Yan Xiaonan. She was 6-0 in the UFC uh, prior to a stoppage loss to Carla Esparza last May. Um, James, we'll have you lead us here. Rodriguez, a near 3-1 to one favorite against Yan Xiaonan. Uh, I really like, I, I, to me, when I look at that division, I don't think there's very many people that are going to beat Rodriguez. Uh, I think she's incredible. I think she, uh, and, and she answered a lot of questions, uh, in her last fight. Uh, you know, she's able to deal with the ground, uh, yep. incredible striker, uh, good takedown defense, good cardio. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Rodriguez and, uh, 
I don't see too many people uh, beating her. I don't shout on. It's not one of them, in my opinion. She's really good, uh, incredible fighter. I just don't see the tools necessary to beat Marina Rodriguez. Yeah. Kenny, I think Rodriguez deserves the respect she's getting from the odds makers and, and certainly beating Mackenzie Dern the way she did, I think was a huge feather in her cap to, uh, to James's point. Your thoughts on Rodriguez and Jan Shannon. Yeah, listen, I, I think she is showing improvement as a grappler for sure. She's going to continue to do that, uh, you know, to become a champion, stay a champion, all that stuff. But I think that uh, as a striker, her toughness, her dedication, her focus, um, you know, showing up when it matters, she has all of that. Um, and I don't think Shaunan is going to be able to take that away from her. I like Rodriguez here as well. All right, next up at heavyweight, Sergey Spivak, modest 220 against Greg Hardy, plus 180. So Hardy fought just 67 seconds all of last year. That was a quick knockout loss to Tai Tuivasa uh, last summer at UFC 264. Uh, Spivak is a guy who I think a lot of people are high on. You know, ran into Tommy Aspinall last September. No shame in that, I guess. What do you guys think here? James, we'll start with you. Sergey Spivak, modest 220 against Greg Hardy. Before I answer this, where where Kenny and I at? Uh, do we have the score? Yes. yes. So do I have, the, do I have something to give up here? Well, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So yes, you have a. So Brian Petrie has been stepping in the last few weeks, a fellow uh, handicapper. He didn't fight in the UFC, incidentally, like yourself. Um, but he's been on an absolute tear for for your team, right? For teams, Team Kraus essentially went four and zero two weeks ago, and. Uh, plus couple units. So right now overall, and again, not to get long winded, right. But like you both are in the red, like your team is minus 0.8 and Kenny's team is minus 4.4 because you have to pick every fight. Obviously yeah, if I'm giving you guys a thousand bucks to pick a few fights, you're both going to be in the black, but picking yeah. every fight. Yes. You have a lead to play with. If you want to take a flyer on Greg Hardy. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go, uh, I'll go Greg Hardy here. Uh, and and uh, last week, if you guys follow me on TikTok, I went three for three, and two of the three were props. So I, not only will I go Greg Hardy, I will go. I know this doesn't help the show at all, but I would take Greg Hardy's not going to win any other way other than knockout. Right. Uh, right. Spivak is could potentially win this fight for sure, no doubt. But if Greg Hardy's going to win by knockout, is going to be you'll get a little bit more plus money out of it. Yeah. Probably two fifty is what I'm guessing. I, I don't. Right. I don't know. I think but, that's right. But he's got the power. He hurt Tuivasa. He's hurt just about everybody he's fought. If it goes past the first half of the first round, he's probably in trouble. Spivak gets him down. It's probably over. But man, Hardy's he's tough for for a few minutes. Yeah, and he's at the height of motivation. Kenny, for Greg Hardy, it's got to be now. I mean, I, I would think it has got to be now. Um, and I did expect more from him. I think relative to what he's accomplished at this point in the UFC. Uh, your thoughts on Spivak and Hardy both? <laughs> I agree with you, John. I, I think this is a huge fight for him if he loses i don't know is he still with the ufc at this point um i don't know i, I think that for spivak uh, I, I think overall he's probably the better fighter uh i don't love this fight for him though um you know he does get hit uh he's going against a heavy puncher in greg hardy um so i see why james is picking hardy uh i'll go with spivak here uh but again wouldn't be surprised if hardy gets an early ko Kenny not racing to the window to bet Sergey Spivak, incidentally. Uh, all right. Yeah. Four fights to go, if my math is correct. At welterweight, Kevin Holland, minus 260. Alex Cowboy Oliveira, plus 210. 22nd UFC appearance for uh, the underdog Cowboy Oliveira. He's lost three in a row here, James. 
back up against the proverbial wall. What do you think he has for Kevin Holland, if anything? Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I think Kevin is a uh, younger, longer, faster, more technical version than him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I like Kevin Holland at 70. I think this is our first one at, at 170, right? And yep. and normally, you know, you I think it's important to note this is like whenever these guys switch divisions, a lot of times you worry about the weight cut, right? But like I've talked to Kevin on fight weeks numerous times and you see him weighing at like 183. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I've asked him before, like, hey, man, like what did you wake up today? He's saying 187 day weigh-ins. Right. And it's just like when I see those things, he's got the weight to give up. And he's made 70 before. You know, he fought at 170. uh before the UFC as well. And, and he's not, uh, he's probably what I would call uh, an in-betweener, but I, I think he's going to be able to make it as long as he's been disciplined on his diet. Uh, I've seen Alex Oliveira kind of that the wars and age catching up with him lately. I like Kevin Holland here. Yeah. I saw Holland, <clears throat> excuse me, in Houston. I think he was a guest fighter. Uh, he looks lean. He looks ready to go. He's also winless in his last three can flow. So a big spot for him as well. Maybe pushing the reset button a little bit by changing divisions. Um, but I like Holland at welterweight overall. Your thoughts on him here against the Brazilian Cowboy? Well, I, I do think that Kevin Holland is definitely the better fighter. He's more technical. I think he's better overall everywhere as well. But uh, I think Oliveira sometimes when he's on his game, um, and that means just like in your face, grinding, making it a war and getting to that clinch and making it ugly fight, he can give you a really tough time. So Kevin has to be careful to not get into that game. And, you know, his trash talking isn't going to work. Oliveira doesn't really speak English. You know, he's yeah. not going to play into that so much or get fired up. He's going to get right in your face, all that stuff. So I think Kevin needs to... Uh, play the slicker fighter and he's absolutely capable of doing that so I think Kevin wins this fight um, so yeah let's go with Kevin and you're happy you don't have to give me a round or a method of victory all right moving on featured bout at 145 pounds Bryce Mitchell minus 155 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook Edson Barboza plus 135 I love me some thug nasty, James, even if I fail to see the value on him here at minus 155. He's 27 years old. He's 5-0 and in the UFC. Um, Barboza is just beyond credentialed, and I don't know how much fight there is left in the dog, but motivation has never been an issue for Barboza. Um, massive step up for, for the Arkansas native Bryce Mitchell. How do you see him faring here, James, against Edson Jr. Barboza? Well, there's two there's two uh, ways to think about this. There's who you think is going to win, and then there's where the value is. And a lot of times those are the same for me. In this case, they are not. Uh, I like Bryce Mitchell a lot. I think he's uh, I think he's I mean he's thug nasty. You know what I mean? I mean he's, that's it, he's right? Just, yeah, it's, I mean he's he's a uh, and, and fortunately for me, I've, I've coached T.J. Brown the last couple fights, and they're teammates. So like right. I've had I've had the opportunity to spend some time with him, and he's just. Uh, He's he's uh, he's all there, and he and all there don't care. You know what I mean? Like he's all there on all the things he needs to be, and he's nowhere to be found on the things that don't matter. Right? You know, and uh, so I do think he's going to win this fight. However, the the to get Barbosa, I don't, I can't remember the last time uh, minus him fighting uh, Gaethje or Khabib, or uh, I'm sorry, Khabib, that I remember seeing him at plus money, like, like this anyway. And, yeah. and I could be, I could be way off, but like getting Barbosa at plus money against somebody that hasn't fought near the level of competition, you know, unless we're talking about the elites, Barbosa's like you say, he's credential. He's fought the who's who, uh, Gaethje could be all that, but like to, to, to get somebody that hasn't been tested yet 
in Bryce Mitchell. I do see the value on it. It's in Barbosa here. So I'm picking uh, Bryce Mitchell, but from a value perspective, I do believe it's on Barbosa here. Capital I think this should be more under. like a pick 'em, right? Like closer to a pick 'em fight. Right. My, I, I mean, so my, too. yeah, I think so yeah. too. Absolutely. Can flow over under 25 UFC fights for Barboza thus far. You think he's gone over that number or under? I think he's gone over. Yeah, 27th UFC appearance this weekend for Barboza. Yeah. Some numbers, Crazy. Kenny. Um, prior to his fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov at UFC 219 in December of 2017. He was 13 and four in the UFC at that point in time. Now he's lost six of nine. Um, but my notes say he's still the fucking man. Like that's all that needs to be said, right? Like he hasn't lost the shine despite the fact that he's lost six of nine. Uh, but the odds makers are paying attention, obviously, to Thug Nasty. How do you handicap this feature bout of featherweight? Yeah, I, I am surprised as well um, that he's such a big underdog. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do believe uh, that Thug Nasty should be the favorite. Um, obviously, uh, you know, has a lot of skills, very tough on the ground. I think if it goes to the ground, I like Thug Nasty's chances for sure. Uh, he's definitely going to be better there. I think he's really good at mixing things up and getting to the clinch really well. Um, but I, I don't know. Is he the dude to to throw down and land big shots and hurt Barbosa? I don't know. And is he the guy who's going to consistently get Barbosa on his back? I'm not sure. I don't. I could be wrong on that, but I think Barbosa gives him a much tougher time than people think. Uh, and because of that underdog bet, I like Barbosa here. I think he squeezes out a decision win. Um, but uh, I just still think, th you know, Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell's got a ton of potential. Um, and I like what I've seen so far, but I, I think Barbosa kind of surprises here. I love the fight. You know, I love matchups like this where you have a guy ascending and then a guy who's been there. And uh, I really don't know what's going to happen, um, but excited to see it play out. All right. Co-main event was to be a five round main event, as you guys know, but visa issues delayed at Rafael Fazeev's arrival here in the U.S. So it will be five rounds still, if need be uh, big fight at lightweight, the former champ, Rafael Dos Anjos, the Rafael Rafael thing's been screwing me up all week. Uh, he's plus 225. Rafael Fazeev is minus 280, James. And um, a bulk of the early action on DraftKings is coming in on Rafael Fazeev, despite the high number. Um, he's won five in a row. Your thoughts on Fazeev here taking on the former champion? I got to be honest. I just don't understand this line. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I This is the same as the Mitchell Barbosa fight for me. It's the exact same type of thing. Like, I do think that Fazeev is going to win this fight, but I don't understand the, I don't want We're talking about, we're talking about Fazeev being minus a three to one favorite over a guy that was a former champion that has got some very legitimate wins over good kickboxers that fit the mold of Fazeev right, almost right. to the T. So I know RDA has been kind of a, I don't want to say on the decline, but he, he's been in some wars and I know that, you know, obviously father time is undefeated, but I don't, I just haven't seen him. Like we're not that far removed from him uh, grinding out uh, Felder for five rounds. You know what I mean? Like Felder and Fazeev are the same guy to me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I know Felder took that on short notice. I just don't. I don't see the. I don't understand the line. I don't. I don't quite yeah. get that. Just, I would say if you if you were to tell me the matchup, I, like without me looking at, it, I would say Fazeev minus one fifty maybe. Right. That would make sure. a little bit more sense yeah. to me. Uh, yep. Maybe even one seventy five, but but minus two eighty is yeah. is crazy to me. I don't understand. Yeah, it. Uh, I think they lean too heavily into the layoff, right? And you know the age, right? RDA will be thirty eight in October. Fazeev is twenty eight. And props but, to that. Just like I'm, I'm thirty six in June, and I'm like, dude. Uh, <laughs> 
Like right. good, good for you. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> good for you. So, uh, so ultimately, we will need a selection for the record, my man. Yeah, Fazif, let's go. All right. So, Kenfo, Rafael Dos Anjos did not fight at all uh, in 2021. Three times he was scheduled to fight Islam Makhachev, and uh, obviously that fight failed to come together. And that's been part of uh, the issue for Dos Anjos, you know, the McGregor fight going away because of an injury. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I can understand why people think the plus 225 is out of whack as yet. Um, the action hasn't necessarily re- reflected any sentiment like that. Kenfo, who do you have in the co-main kit? Uh, rumor has it that combat sports kind of takes effect on your body. I'm not sure if that's true. A little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel 80. Okay, so uh-huh. um, I, I think I think that the odds are absolutely out of whack. I think the bookmakers are just looking at what someone has done lately and not considering the matchup. And, listen, if this fight stays on the feet, you know, given the age difference and what's been done. Yeah, absolutely. Fazeev wins this fight. Um, so if he can stop the takedown, that's going to be his be- best path to victory. Uh, you know, peppering uh, Dos Anjos up. But I, I think I think Rafael is going to use his striking more as a means to get Fazeev up against the cage and put him on his back. I, I think that's going to be um, his best route uh, to winning this fight. I think he can do that. When, Fazeev, is a tremendous striker. But when I look at the guys that he's beaten, who are the great grapplers that he's gone against? Who are the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts? Who are the guys that have consistently shown that they can take guys down and control them? I don't see that from right now. And I can only go on what I've seen. Fazeev might be a tremendous anti-wrestler and really good at getting back to his feet and better submissions than we think and all that stuff. Um, But based on what I've seen, I actually like Dos Anjos here. Um, because of the matchup and because of the odds, but uh, the fact that Dos Anjos is, you know, uh, has been in this game for a long time. He's a little bit older now, and he didn't get a chance to fight in 2021. That tells me he's dealing with a lot of body yeah. stuff. Um, so that worries yeah. me, but um, you know, hopefully he's healthy. And if he is, I, I think he surprises and uh, he kind of stops Fizib a little bit. And I will just add in closing on that fight, I do think Dos Anjos took advantage of that tiny little apex octagon against Paul Felder. So about 31% more space with which to work mm. for Fazeev uh, to use some of those long-range weapons, but we'll see. All right, main event. Whew, deep breaths, folks. Colby Covington, minus 335. Jorge Gamebred, Masvidal, plus 260. Former opponent of one James Krause. So Masvidal's had 10 months off since that second straight loss to Kamaru Usman. On the other side, Covington... Just had his second fight with Usman November 6th. So this is a relatively quick four-month swing and turn for Colby Covington. Uh, the mouth from the south. I wish he was from the south. <laughs> to call him the mouth from the south. But um, I think this is somewhat strategic for Jorge Masvidal, right, to have an abbreviated six-week training camp for Colby Covington, coming off another hard fight against Kamar Usman. Um, but I will lay out and let the experts speak. James, we'll start with you. Uh, Colby Covington heavily favored over game-bred Masvidal uh man it's you know it's funny we it's funny we uh we're talking about this this is just another case where i feel like the value is a little off uh i i do like colby in this fight and if you have a gun to my head I, i'm gonna take colby by decision uh but man i think masvidal brings some good stuff to the table and i think he's extremely underrated in his takedown defense uh i think his striking is actually getting better which you know you typically don't see that with guys his age uh 
and and I, I do feel like there's there's a little big brother there. You know, uh, I got to think that that Masvidal was helping helping you know Colby navigate his way through uh, through the UFC and through the ranks, and you know helping him just like any any mentor would do for for somebody that you're you know I know they were peers or whatever, but Masvidal had been around much longer. He'd been in the game much longer, and I got to think there's a little big brother there. You know. Uh, I like Colby. I like his gas tank. Uh, he's got a second lung, apparently, is what he said in an <laughs> interview recently, <laughs> uh, which I thought that was cool. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Colby, uh, but I would not be surprised. And I want, I want George to win, and I would not be surprised in the in the least bit if he if he pulled off a win. Yeah, yeah. So, Kenny, it's funny because my Colby Covington fighter card says third long soccer eight years old or something right because he knew as a very young athlete like dude and i don't know for you guys if you can relate but as a very young athlete colby was like dude i'm running circles around these kids you know like he felt and i felt early on like such a softy right like mom i think i might have like exercise induced asthma or something probably need to go get checked out you know um kenny covington mosquitol for feels like for all the goddamn marbles even though there's not a belt on the line uh who do you have in the main event this is a tough one. I, I think Colby style wise is, is going to be a tough fight for Jorge, right? I mean, for all the reasons that James talked about, um, it, he's, he's a very good grappler. He can get in your face. He's as durable as they come. Uh, you know, even when you think you're going to be able to take him out, he finds a way to come back not only because he is well conditioned, but he really is one of the toughest damn dudes in the UFC. It's amazing. The punishment that he can take and can dish out. So that's concerning for Jorge. I, I think that's the way he has to fight him. It's got to be pressure. He's got to mix up his strikes, but he's got to work in the takedowns. What concerns me for Colby is the fact that sometimes he gets caught up trading too much and doesn't use his wrestling like he should. Um, so curious to see how that goes down. But um, Jorge lost to Usman. It was a horrible knockout, a really tough one. But for me, even before the knockout happened, it just didn't look right to me. Jorge didn't seem like he was moving well. He seemed slow. He seemed lethargic. It seemed like he had gone through a brutal training camp. He just seemed done, like he peaked way too soon. Um, and, and I wonder if that's why, if, he, if he's done a, a shortened camp because of that. I, I don't know, whatever it is. But I think Jorge is highly skilled, Um, you know, as far as being a true mixed martial artist, Jorge is that dude. He's very good and very underrated as a grappler. Um, I also like the fact that, you know, he's not going against an Usman sized welterweight. Uh, Colby isn't a massive welterweight. He's a decent sized welterweight, but he's not a huge welterweight. Um, So I think that bodes well for Jorge here as well. And I also think it's great that Jorge knows all the ins and outs of Colby's game. That helps. I think if they'd never trained with each other, I'd be like Colby all day. I think it would be maybe be an e- easier pick in some ways. But because, you know, maybe I'm just an old school fan and I've been seeing Jorge fight for so long, um, I- I'm going to go with Jorge here. I, I-, I like the odds here. I, I like him as an underdog bet. Um, I-, I think when he's on his game, He's as good and as dangerous as anybody in the welterweight division. Um, a, a, a concern of mine is one what we talked about with Ray is the emotional uh, connection here. <clears throat> Who's right. going to deal with that better? Who's going to deal with the pressure better? Um, Colby has done very well dealing with that, but I think uh, they both have. I think Jorge. they both have done. Yeah. They both have. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. 
All right, well, Ken Flo's not on TikTok yet, but James Krause is there already. He's ahead of the curve. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram at the James Krause. Hey, it's good to see your face again, brother, and uh, we will talk to you whenever your schedule allows over the next several months, my man. I will see you Thursday or Friday, if not sooner, uh, in Thank Vegas. Thank you, guys. Brother. Appreciate, Appreciate your time, you guys. Good Thanks, work, guys. man. Bye. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, James Krause with us for the main event challenge. How about Ken Flo pulling out the testicles, huh? Going Barboza <laughs> dos Anjos Mafidal. Three underdogs. You're not messing around for you. I need, I need those points, but I genuinely, I, I genuinely think those guys are being overlooked, man. The odds are, are funny here. Yeah. And the thing too, candidly for the main event, right. Is that if you pick Covington and he loses, right. It's like minus 3.4 units or so, right. Mm -hmm. You lose Mosfidal, you lose a unit. You know, right, I do right. think I understand the value on all three sides of those. All right. One final order of business. Let us get to the pick to click. Time now for the pick to click. The pick to click. All I have to do is bet on the winner and I'll never lose. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, and it is great to see this man's shining face. Now, this isn't oddshark.com right now, so you're not getting Joe Osborne or on his social media, which, by the way, at Paper Chaser Joe on Instagram and on Twitter, it is at JTFOZ. Mm. But we're not getting you sliding into frame on the old office chair, which uh, is a great way to start your videos. When did you start doing that, my man? Well, it's a ripoff of the uh, Chris Collinsworth Sunday night football move, obviously, right? And uh, just trying to entertain the people, right? There's right. a thousand other guys out here covering sports right. betting games right. and doing picks every day. So you, you got to make an effort to stand out. So right. uh, a little wrinkle there to add a little bit of fun to the videos. Yeah, Mission accomplished <laughs> because one out of every three times my twin brother calls me, it's to talk about your content. So uh, plenty more where that came from at oddshark.com. But obviously it's a big weekend. UFC mm. 272, Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. I know you have a pick on the main event. You know, I'm curious how much you handicap emotion or the whole emotional backdrop to this fight. But what are your thoughts on the headliner? And ultimately, uh, will you have a wager? Well, I like Covington. I think his style and pace will dictate, uh, you know, how this fight goes. But you got to try to get a better number. Like I often say when I come on your program here, right. uh, a whole lot of people aren't watching to uh, hear uh, to place a bet that's at minus 335 right now. So I think a pretty good bet that you can make on Covington is you can take him to win by decision coming in at minus 110. And, you know, as skilled and as dominant as Colby has been in the recent years here, not really much of a finisher, is he? Six of his last eight fights have gone to decision. The two that didn't actually uh, ended in the fifth round. So I think we're in for a very long fight here. Um, as for Matt Masvidal, not exactly an easy guy to put away, is he? Now, people will point to his most recent defeat there, the KO loss at the hands of Camaro Usman. But... That was the first time in about 12 years, a span of about 30 fights, that Jorge Masvidal was finished. The first time in 20 UFC fights yeah. that the guy got finished. And quite simply, uh, as good as Covington is, he does not have the power in his strikes to put away a guy like Masvidal. And I think a submission also uh, very unlikely. Now, in terms of how the fight plays out, I wouldn't be surprised to see shades of Masvidal Usman one, the fight where Usman won that fight by decision. You know, uh, Colby's going to land his takedowns. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold Masvidal down, but he's going to be scoring points there. I also think he's going to outland him with the strikes. Uh, once again, he might not inflict a whole lot of damage with those strikes, but I think he will be outpointing him in winning rounds. So 
I like Covington. Uh, he's probably the best guy in the UFC without a belt around his waist right now. So I see him coming out on top here now. To argue against myself a little bit here, maybe, if you don't like what I have to say and if you're huh. settled on Masvidal, Masvidal by TKO slash KO is plus 460. I think yeah. if he wins this fight, it's going to be by knockout. Right. So I can't really argue with that too much. But my official pick best bet is a Covington by decision minus 110. And you know, as we sit here early fight week, Jorge Masvidal is sitting around knowing full well in his mind and thinking that he's knocking out this man and you're getting close to plus 500. Could you imagine what it's going to be like at T-Mobile Arena? Were he to knock out Colby Covington uh, as the underdog that he is this weekend, just given everything that uh, is seemingly on the line? I mean, I'm getting anxious talking about this fight. I really am. Like, people always ask, oh, do the McGregor pay-per-views feel bigger when you're staring into the camera? And it's like, I'm getting ready to pack my suitcase and like I'm getting a little bit anxious for this fight. All right, a couple other uh, UFC 272 items mm -hmm. I would like to hit on with you. Sergey Spivak is minus 215 or so. Greg Hardy plus 175. Heavyweight fight on the pay-per-view main card. You're smiling. Uh, what, what is it about this, this price or this fight that you like? Well, not really the price. I like uh, Spivak here, uh, minus 215, not exactly yeah. going out on the limb. And just straight up, John, I, I don't think Greg Hardy is very good. I wouldn't be surprised if this is his final fight in the UFC. And all you have to do is look at the, uh, the level of competition that this guy has faced in the octagon. He has four wins in the UFC. So what do you need to know about the four opponents he has wins against? Well, those guys are no longer in the promotion anymore. Uh, um, yeah. You know, Hardy was able to overwhelm those guys, and he ended up getting the W against them. But whenever he's in there with somebody who's even slightly above average, it has not gone very well for him. Now, yeah. I'm not going to get up here and make a case for uh, Spivak being a top contender by any means or breaking breaking through. But I still think he's levels above Hardy. He has uh, more paths to victory, you know, a, a good mix of submission and KO wins. So that would be like a two-unit, two-and-a-half-unit play for me on yeah. him. Now, I'm not a big parlay guy. A lot of people who are into sports betting like doing parlays. Yeah. Um, he's not a bad candidate to throw, on, throw in on one. If you have him with Colby Covington, you're going to get odds of around minus 110. So that's not bad for a two-fight parlay right there. But I like Spivak over uh, Greg Hardy quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I would be surprised if that was not the overwhelming sharp side there. It's interesting with Hardy, right? Because I think you'd have to say at this point, respectfully, that he has underachieved um, relative to expectations um, for whatever that's worth. Uh, all right. And one last fight I got to get your thoughts on real quick. I'm not sure if you have a bet on this, but Edson Barboza and Thug Nasty. Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I thought it would be a pick em fight just because Bryce Mitchell's UFC body of work is strong to quite strong. Um, I didn't expect that Edson Barboza could be had at plus 130 just given what an absolute terror he is. Um, I still get nightmares about his knockout of Terry Edom. What do you have for us on the featherweights before we let you go? I have my, my favorite underdog of the entire card here. It, it is Edson Barbosa. So I'm aligned with you. You know, I think this should be right around a pick -em. You know, Bryce Mitchell's put together a pretty impressive career, undefeated in the UFC here so far. But this is a massive step up in competition for him. You know, a true measuring stick fight for Bryce Mitchell here against uh, Edson Barbosa. Easily the most experienced and best opponent of his career so far. So outside of his most recent fight, a very ugly loss. I think Barbosa has looked pretty damn good 
in this weight class, but that was an ugly loss his last time out. But as a result of that, I think there's a little bit of recency bias cooked into yeah. this line. So I'm going to jump all over him. And I still think Barbosa has a lot left in the tank, especially versus this level of opponent. Like, you take a look at the fight logs for Barbosa. There's a lot of L's in there. It's not very pretty, his win-loss record over the past couple of years. But he's not exactly getting beat up by bums. You know, he's been in there with a very high level of competition, a couple uh, close split decision losses as well. So I think that's fantastic value on him to get back on track here, plus 130. And I don't think you have to worry about his hunger. You know what I mean? Like, I still think the motivation is there. Uh, and certainly it's there for Bryce Mitchell if his social media is any indicator. I can't wait to get to uh, Las Vegas. All right. Joe Osborne on social media at JTFOZ and Paper Chaser Joe on the Instagram front. If you're not there, you're missing out. Uh, great to see you. Enjoy the pay-per-view, my friend, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, my man. Good luck to you and good luck to all the listeners out there. Appreciate that. See, he's always wishing the listeners and the viewers luck, you know, and he means it. Like you can tell, he's a well-intentioned guy. You know, hopefully his boys, his children follow suit. There he is, Joe Osborne from OddShark.com with us for the pick to click for UFC 272, which was brought to you by OddShark.com, the most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight, and analysis on everything UFC. We would strongly encourage you to check out OddShark.com slash UFC to get everything you need to know. Before you place your bets on UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal, the Oddshark Fight Center, is live. Key resource for fans, and a lot of the media uses that thing as well, present company included, even though I am no longer media. Uh, but all the matchup information is compartmentalized, presented in a nice, ingestible way. Oddshark.com also gives you a compilation of all the odds from various sports books. You can compare prices that way. And the experts, Joe Osborne among them, full of insight and not at all rookies when it comes to handicapping mixed martial arts. So check it out in advance of the pay-per-view this weekend. Every click supports the Anakin Florian podcast, oddshark.com slash UFC. Don't forget the second S, oddshark.com slash UFC. All right, that is going to do it for this week. Thank you all for indulging us. We hope you will be live with us for UFC 272 on pay-per-view this weekend. Don't forget more coming up here on this channel. Remember the show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anna coming up Thursday night. AnnaFlorianPodcast.com for your merchandise needs. Millions.co if you want to get in on the one more sleep movement. Percent of the proceeds go to Autism Research. Also, FlorianMartialArts.com. Promo code, I think, is AF15 if you want 15% off. For Ken Flo, for Longo, for Cody, the entire team, Will Berger, the new intern, John Annick, saying so long from here. Enjoy UFC 272. We will recap it with you in less than six days. Until then, yo, fuck it later. Let's go.
I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.